And welcome to the broadcast of Better Together, Democrats and Republicans against the Chinese Communist Party. No, Democrats and Republicans who love America. Okay, so uh, it's episode 55. I'm going to do a little comedy attempt with, uh, I guess it would be voice impersonations as I read because some of this is just so wild that I just was reading it today. I'm like, I should just do a comedy show, <laughs> aka Sarah Silverman, with voices, um, Saturday Night Live, because um, it's just the real housewives of the Chinese Communist Party. And that's actually like an insult to the housewives. Sorry. They're beneath you. But it is drama central. We're going to analyze why. We're going to go through both Republican and Democrat view, Democratic viewpoints according to Republican and Democratic news periodicals, which I will always give the sources of as I read every single one. And we're going to analyze it. We're going to debunk it. We're going to decipher, decipher the message of what's happening and compare contrast and also who's not speaking up and who should and who needs to pipe down. Right. Um. It will make sense. If you follow this podcast, I've been following the Chinese Communist Party for years. Um, And I always magically seem to run into them in the most random of places in terms of those who are expats, that that is, I should say, who are outspokenly against the CCP, which is most of San Francisco. In case you didn't know, uh, most of San Francisco, not for the CCP. Most American-born Chinese, definitely not. The harrowing tales their family has to say is enough, you know, really. Um, so if you're like, I'm just too scared to take a position, Freya, because <laughs> the Asian people think I hate them and I'm xenophobic. Uh, no, you're not. Um, CCP is an issue that strikes the Chinese heart, especially the Chinese that are here that aren't actually working for them very deeply, and they'll be open about it and talk about how they can't stand it either. So don't worry. See? The more you know. And I have had these encounters multiple times in my 20 years returning back from leaving the city. And this October will be my 20th year back. So multiple, multiple uh, encounters, enough to know that that's the majority here. So if you're afraid of speaking out against China and you're a Democrat, you're like, I don't want to be called a racist. I don't want to be called a white supremacist. Uh, you know, don't worry. Anything on the on the party, the Chinese will get, they will do the talking and you will shut up and listen, right? That's how it runs. I was at Stonestown not that long ago and huge protest right on the lawn in front of 19th Ave. Highway 1, which was a bunch of ex-Chinese communist members that were holding up signs saying, you know, the the communist party is here and they're awful and all this, you know, very truth-telling stuff. And it was really admirable that they were lighting the streets of, or the um, street of 19th Avenue right in front of Stonestown. I talked to each one of them. I put it on my Facebook too, recorded it. Um, so, you know, don't be afraid. I mean, you shouldn't be afraid to speak out on any kind of evil for being perceived as X, right? But you just need to be knowledgeable about what you're saying. But I realize most of you don't have time for that, and that's where I come in. Um, 
I follow everything every day. I look at both sides of the aisle. I have my views. I, I, I say my views on here. I don't care that you agree with me. I just want you to be informed and I want you to critically think. Hear both sides of the story. If you're only hearing your own camp, whether it's Democrat or Republican, that's called propaganda, right? If you're hearing all sides of the, the issue and then you have a chance to digest it and think and chew over it and make up your own decision, that's critical thinking, right? There's a big difference. So I'm compelled to continue on with this quest to give you the news from both sides of the aisle, internationally, state, local, and um, and the big hot topics, and then add my, you know, two cents in for my critical thinking class, and which was helpful, and um, break it down for you, and also kind of remind people of history, because it's it's great to be so present in the caught up moment, and then you forget history, and then you lose context. So you might hear me do different accents poorly because I just need to be like a little bit amused as I'm doing this. Um, what else? Oh, well, update. So I didn't know this. On the previous, one of the previous podcasts I did on the show, I was talking about how we really need to have like a condensed book of the Bible about, you know, just basically if it was all in Word document, cut and paste everything in red letters that Jesus apparently said um, into its own document. And then like everybody will read that because it's a lot shorter. And um, it pretty much reflects nearly all the values of the Democratic Party. <gasps> oh my God, really? Yes, truly. Catholic Democrats know this, but a lot don't know this. You'll start to wonder after you, after you understand that, and I would guess condensing everything Jesus said into its own book, unspoiled, just to condense cliff notes as you were, um, would probably be 200 pages or less, maybe 150. I mean, he didn't, you know, he's actually quite minimal in the Bible in terms of like language contributions. But what he says is so powerful, profound, and otherworldly that um, you can get it right away or you'll chew over it for days, weeks, months, years, or decades. And the point being, it's important to know what Jesus said if we're trying to uh, fight Christian nationalism taking over, which is a perverse uh, fact, a, a, a segment, a remnant, like the most extreme Puritans that came over. Like That's always been a thing. But it's typically founded in power, control, and ignorance, and a mis misuse of the Bible, and often people that don't really know what they're, what they, if if they have even read the Bible. So Marjorie Taylor Greene would be like the poster child for the Christian nationalism movement. Actually, she was. She was making T-shirts and passing them out. I'm not joking. That was a headline. Like like advocating for this idea of Christian nationalism, where she doesn't even know what it is, and that it's probably anathema to what Jesus would want. <laughs> you know? So I can't, I mean, I don't think she's probably read the Bible once. I've read it four times, cover to cover. I don't, you don't need to be that level, but you, uh, and there's a way higher levels than me, but like, at least know what Jesus said, maybe, if you're claiming him as Lord and Savior. Maybe just bother to know what he said. It's audiobook. I mean, how easier can we make it now, really? So if we do that condensed version, as I was saying, then all the Democrats will probably like 
crap themselves and go, this is the tenants of our party. Oh my God. Yes, right. The more you know. It'll just open eyes, I tell you. You know. Um, so what was I going to say? Oh, so anyway, so anyway, it's all done. Kind of, sort of. I haven't read it yet. And I haven't seen it yet. But I heard over the weekend that Kathy Lee Gifford actually made a movie to kind of complement this idea. And probably was her idea before mine. And maybe I caught on. I don't know. But I just heard about it. And she she made a movie called The Way. <sighs> I was like, you make movies? I didn't know that. She made a movie called The Way, and apparently it's really good. And apparently it's exactly what I'm saying. It's this taking back of Christianity by the silent majority who are sick of the Christian nationalism takeover attempt. They haven't won, by the way. Um, And so I was happy because she's a real interesting cat. And she is, she doesn't go to church. She received Christ as Lord and Savior at 12. She's very, very spiritual, as she calls it. She doesn't like the word religion. Um, she's picky about the language. She likes to be called spiritual. But she's, like, all about the J-man. And very much, like, into scriptural accuracy and messianic Judaism interpretation. And it was very, really fascinating. Her dad was Jewish. Her mom was, like, maybe non-practical not practicing. She said they weren't religious. So I don't know if that meant her mom was just non-practicing Catholic, perhaps. Who knows? But anyway, she wrote this play and then she wrote, I guess, a book accompanying it. And I guess it's a huge hit. And what I like about it is that, yeah, you know, the silent majority... As Andy Cohen has tried to say over, where where are they? Where where are the the where's the real church? Why don't you speak up? He's right, and I guess the reason they haven't is because fear of divisiveness. Well, that's a nice control mechanism to let the wild ones get all the attention. How's that working? Not so great. So, you know, it's like a, a, a metaphor of a way of Catholics speaking back to kind of address this, and I think it should start a trend. But I also think the, you know, cut and paste of everything Jesus said in a nice primer, unaltered. So everybody will have a baseline when we're talking about God and politics, right? In terms of the Christian persuasion. Right. I mean, it's good literature anyway, right? Would it kill you to learn what Jesus said, Democrats? Probably not. And would it be beneficial? Well, for debates and political topics, probably, if you know. Anyway, so that I was happy to hear that. Good job, Kathy Lee. Let's hope there's many more to come. <sighs> Everything about China today. Okay. And where do I source from? You know where I source from. Always the same place. It is from the default app on any Windows Edge. So if you go to Windows Edge software and then you have the options of shopping, news, play, travel, I hit news. And that's the background that has all things Republican, all things Democrat. Some clickbait, some freak stories, like they put it all, travel, food. But it's what I like about it is it has all in one one scroll screen, um, both sides of the aisle's perspectives on whatever is the topic. That's really nice. So I don't have to go to just Fox News or just CNN or just BBC. It's all there. Deutsche Wells, 
as well, the German news outlet. So it's just my go-to for everything on this po- on every podcast. It's been from that. So just so you know, if you're curious, but you probably don't have time. You really don't. And I know you don't. And that's why so many of you just say, ah, forget it. Or you get manipulated because you don't have the time to delve like I do. So that's why I made this is so you will get, you can just listen to me for an hour in your car, on your lunch break, whatever, silently commuting and get informed of a lot of news because I read it verbatim and I add my own comments and you can take on or dismiss, but I'm going to add some comedy in today or try. Okay, let's talk chine chine. So much China. Okay, so much of it was centered around um, Nancy Pelosi and her visit. So I'm going to put Nancy as the first topic. A lot, there are levels to this decision making process, how it's rolling out, why it's rolling out now, and such. So what precipitated Nancy's visit of, oh, hey, I want to go to China. <laughs> hey, I want to go to Taiwan. Sorry, she didn't say she wanted to go to China. China, she wanted to go to um, Taiwan, which is not part of China. And um, she was going to do her diplomatic tour. And the timing was concerning why? Possibly to do with the fact that we're trying to negotiate this chips deal, Right. Um, Let me find it. Yeah, the passing the chip bill. So it would make sense she would go to Taiwan to talk about this chip issue. We're trying to jumpstart the American economy to manufacture our own. Taiwan is also the biggest, I believe, uh, manufacturer of chips. And so it would make sense that she would have her agenda on, you know, the itinerary there to go to Taiwan. It wasn't the only place she was going to go to. It was one of, what, four countries? It was a tour. It was a tour of the Asian theater. And you would never think that from how China reacts. China reacts, I'm summing up and then we'll we'll delve. China reacts as if she's solely going to Taiwan and that's like the only point and every, you know, she's not going anywhere else but, but China. Because China views the ownership of Taiwan and our country and many, many of our allies all agree that in the 70s, Taiwan became absolutely independent. That was a allied agreement and they're a burgeoning democracy because of that. China doesn't like it. No more than Vladimir liked that Ukraine was independent. It's exactly the same in the sense of the parallel of perceived territory versus what the rest of the you know, world perceives, right? So China doesn't care what the rest of the world perceives. And when I say China, I mean the Communist Party of China. They don't care what anyone else thinks about what they perceive as their land. If they feel that day that it's theirs, then that's that. And they'll defend it to the death. Apparently is what they're saying. No one's died yet. But that's what they're saying. Well, you know, that's a great way to just keep 
keep on claiming other kinds of territories that you now believe are yours. I mean, I guess you can live in your own universe and believe everything's yours. But the thing is, you know, we live in a globe with a lot of other countries who don't agree with China and who support Taiwan's independence. Um, and China has this massive overreaction to Nancy's visit about a business deal in Taiwan and decides to, you know, threaten our government by saying, if you dare send Nancy over with fighter jets escorts, we will open fire on the fighter jets. You can't get a more direct threat than that. That's a promise that came from the head of the CCP, President Xi Jinping. It happened. General Kellogg responded with, oh, no, you don't. You don't. You don't throw that threat around and then think that we just are going to pretend that you didn't say that. If she's on a diplomatic mission to uh, talk about chips with Taiwan on one of her many stops, she has every right to do so. Others do it all the time. That presidency suddenly wants to declare Taiwan off limits and will, what, shoot down her planes if she dares enter space with an escort is nothing short, in my view, of a declaration of war before it starts. Although they've actually already started the World War III. That's the irony of all this. They've started it systematically by infiltrating so many different things in our country. As Tom Cotton, Senator of Arkansas, had talked about all last year. The, the tragedy of that is that Tom Cotton said all the right things at all the wrong times. Tom Cotton has gotten it 100% right on China. It just was coming at a time where people weren't receptive. Now people are receptive, and Tom's, where is he? Where is he? He's probably so sick of talking on the same old things. But we kind of need to bring him back because everything he said was right about China, how it infiltrates the research institutions, infiltrates, you know, buys land proximal to military bases, steals intelligence, this and that, on and on. Tom has it all listed out on what China has done to already start a stealthy World War III now. It's just not like, you know, officially declared. But it's already started. It's just the China way of starting, which is, you know, underhanded, sneaky, lying, and subservient, and trying to, what, infiltrate the enemy. Because they know they don't have the firepower to fight us, frankly. We're going to read about that tonight, too. And their rhetoric has been getting more and more and more violent over the last year and a half. So... And when I say they, I mean the Chinese Communist Party, always. Not innocent Chinese under them. So, you know, Tom Cotton had all of this information correct. It just didn't, it wasn't delivered at the right time. It would be now. It would be helpful now to bring him back. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about these articles. I'm giving you an overview of what I'm going to read so I can skim in case I run out of time. Anyway, so that's kind of the buildup. She's going on this business tour, diplomacy tour. And also because China said, if you come, we will do this violent, destructive act on a declaration of war in your country. So it, it makes sense for her to go, yeah, no, I'm definitely keeping you on the list. Because, no, you don't get to treat America like that. Especially when it's a, you know, 
a province that isn't yours as recognized by all of our allies. So it was the right thing to do. Republicans were champing at the entire time. Democrats, unfortunately, the majority are uh, really betraying the country by their cowardice and low vision and fear t- fear mongering and fear of World War Three. And it's already here. It's already here. I'm telling you. But, you know, not helpful. We should just shut up if you can't be part of the solution, Dems. By the way, Nancy's a Dem. She's over there, by the way. Joe Biden's like, yeah, probably not the best time if you go, but if you go, (laughs) then I don't get the focus of it, do I? So there's a little dance going on. What else happens if Nancy goes? Ooh, we really rile up Z presidency. Well, then we get to see what they're going to bring. What you're going to bring. And we are seeing what they're going to bring. And, you know, it just... You know, it's it's aggressive, but it's not impressive, if you get my meaning. And they're in no way outmatched militarily. And that's why they're often so, you know, out, off the rails, because they know that they don't have much time and they've already kind of blown it. And, you know, the more we delay this, the more they stockpile to become an actual real threat, which we don't want to just linger on so they become a real f- No, this is one to hobble and move forward, okay? Hobble the CCP, let Hong Kong take over if Taiwan is so independent. Hong Kong people are nice, and the way Hong Kong is run is nice. They're just super compromised by the evil empire of Darth Vader and their stormtroopers and their admirals, right, and the Sith Lord in the background. Um, So, you know... I mean, Hong Kong can take it over. The worst thing would be dragging this out so long that they're like stockpile, 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 nuke, 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 nuke. No. And that's what I don't understand. Dems, if you call yourself peacekeepers, Michael Moore for you too. I appreciated your episode today about the Pope. And, you know, we all want him to live forever, but he's a human being. So probably not. Who knows who the next one be? Maybe the polar opposite. I hope not, but maybe. Um, you know, we can't bury our heads in the sand. You know, if you don't want nuke, 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 then you got to stop them before they get too big in their arsenal. You know, Kim Jong-un's ready to push the button any second. I mean, I don't think anyone cares, but like whenever he's talking, it's always like, ah, isn't that? Yeah. You think you're a big country. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, you know, if we truly want to be the peaceful party Democrats, then we have to know when to fight and know when to not. Just like, I don't know, the Native Americans, every single tribe passed the peace pipe and had the tomahawk ready. Or the variety of Native American weapons, because they knew there's times to talk and there's times to fight. Every tribe, way before a white person set foot on the earth here, on the continent. They understand this because they're wise. Yeah. So in this, I think Joe Biden is being wise. I guess in a Star Wars metaphor, he'd be kind of like the mighty Yoda. Old, somewhat decrepit from some people's points of view. (coughs) Yoda's little cough with his COVID. I mean, but you know what? He's also probably going to 
deliver the victory. And you already delivered the victory today with Al-Qaeda. But I'm just saying, like, you know, let's not throw ageism around anymore, please. Yes, we all know he's old. Trevor Noah made some sort of a, you know, jab that, you know, Pete Buttigieg got a higher poll rate than Joe Biden. Yeah, but Pete Buttigieg would never win. We have far too many bigots so far in this country. So unless you want to hand it over to Republican leadership, I guess you'll vote for Pete Buttigieg. Or you could throw away your vote with Andrew Yang's new ridiculous third party that he's again trying to, you know, breathe life into. I think we tried that with Ralph Nader and the Green Party. I know I was a member. It doesn't work. Not enough buy-in. And sure, there'll be independents that are basically Republicans in drag, but the bottom line is they'll vote Republican when it comes down to it. I don't want the Democrats voting Democrat and then some voting for Andrew Yang's new party. So self-indulgent. 65% of people want a third party. Yeah, we've all wanted that. It doesn't work in the system that we have. The sooner we know that, the sooner we can be strategic. Don't we think that Joe Biden is moving the needle? For the Democratic Party agenda, regardless of what he looks like, regardless of how how old he is, is he or is he not moving the needle on the agenda of the Democratic Party, even if that needle isn't lightning fast like you'd want? Isn't he doing it? Isn't he accomplishing it? If he is, we keep him in the job. If he wasn't, we take him out of the job. He hasn't reinstated the school loans right now. And we don't oust a president just simply for school loans. Okay? They're important. They're not the most important thing. The most important thing is not being bullied or taken over by China, thank you very much. More than we already are with the TikTok. Which is like a window to presidency's private world. Please delete it. FBI has already mentioned this under the Trump administration. But, you know, they're so funny on the videos. We can have something else to, you know, American innovation here. Please develop another entertaining app within TikTok that's not made in China. Literally. That would be great. I'm kind of summing a lot of things because there's a lot of news. Okay. So. Let me give you some detail. Yeah. So we know they were already trying to. Okay. So House. Okay. A Chinese state media figure warned that the presence of U.S. fighter jets accompanying House Speaker Nancy Pelosi transferred to Taiwan would be considered an invasion. This is MSN.com. It's in no way an invasion. It's part of a regular diplomatic mission of one of many on our list. That they want to pretend differently doesn't make it so. But in China propaganda world, that which runs the CCP, because they don't have a democracy, I guess perception's reality for them. Whatever they imagine is the truth and justifies this type of behavior. I mean, it's egregious on behalf of China. So it's not an invasion. And I'm glad she went. I doubted for a hot second then I'm like nope she's a San Francisco woman she's not letting that person you know boss her around the head of the CCP no thanks especially that autocracy no true Democrats show up and support democracy 
And she's doing that. And the democracy in, in question is Taiwan. In question to China, it's not in question to most of us. So I think that's, do I need to talk more on that? I'm going to sum up on all these. It was right that she went for both the Democrats to show an example of someone who's not going to be pushed around. Michael Moore won't even talk on China. Pushed around. Sarah Silverman, not a peep, pushed around. Yeah, so there was no invasion. So this is another article. Why, Speaker, this is before she went, the why she must go, Washington Examiner Friday, why she must go to Taiwan. At this point, Pelosi must visit. To back off in the face of these menacing warnings would signal to the region and beyond a changing of the guard. Beijing says don't, and the U.S. obeys. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of my Democratic Party is doing. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. If you hate the country so much, please leave. Okay? If you want a saboteur, please leave. And let's help them leave, everyone. Democrats, Republicans, let's help the really bad Democrats that don't want to be here and will be fine trying to tank the ship to exit out of here, adios muchachos, to somewhere, to Iceland or somewhere else, because they really are destructive. Anyway, um, Pelosi, for all of her demerits, and I oppose her on 95% of everything, so this is obviously a staunch Republican writer, is an original panda slayer. Her interest in going to Taiwan before she relinquishes the Speaker's gavel for the final time is no surprise. What is a surprise? The President of the United States would try to dissuade her from doing it. I don't think it was a wholehearted dissuasion. I think it was a tactical maneuver. She would not be the first House Speaker to visit Taiwan. Yeah, we know all the logic. What President Biden should be doing is making clear that U.S. will continue to make these demonstrations in support of Taiwan. He will do nothing to stand in the way of Pelosi or any member of Congress from visiting. I agree. I'm not a Republican, and I totally agree. The administration making good noise in this regard, leaving decision to Pelosi as if it, if, as if it has a choice. This appears to be part of a broader trend. Biden administration got off to a solid start in China. Taiwan's Washington representatives at the president inauguration the first time since U.S. ended diplomatic regions of Taiwan in 1979. We're not going to go over the history, but... Um, Let's hope as it, fa as it fails, because whatever that was, because cancellation of speakership to Taiwan would be a terrible sign of declining U.S. leadership in Asia. Agreed. You know. Beijing denies that Biden and Zeep spoke during their phone call about the situation of the Uyghurs.
That's something he raised on human rights, as he always does. That is, as we have said, that every time a president has an opportunity, he raises it when he meets with another leader. He calls on China to stop committing human rights abuses, he stressed. It was their fifth conversation since February 2021. Tensions surrounding Taiwan, economic competition, war in Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether Biden did or didn't talk to them, but he has addressed it before, whether it was in that particular phone call. I mean, I don't know if I care if it was that phone call. He's brought it up many times. Okay. General Kylock, it's time to push back on China. U.S. has to be put, put that U.S. has to put push back on China. This is a quote from General Keith Kellogg. I think it's some of the actions that we need to take right away instead of having one carrier battle group, the Reagan in Japan with the 7th Fleet. Maybe we ought to do what we did in 2017, 2020, bring more carrier battle groups into the Pacific region, you know, maybe station another battle group in the 7th Fleet in Japan, because this will not just be a Chinese-U.S. issue. Definitely not. They've also threatened Japan. It's going to become an issue that's going to evolve. Japan is going to evolve. The Philippines is going to evolve. He means that China is going to want to take over Japan, the Philippines. Vietnam is going to be a pretty massive regional issue. But for them to be speaking stridently as they are, we need to push back on them. The president needs to push back, maybe in private. But we need to not fold and say we're not going to go. Agreed. You know what? It's called self-respect and it's called cowardice opposite of that which would be courage courage China storms the beach near Taiwan and vows to fight to the death amid U.S. tensions by the Metro Jessica Kwong. China paled a beach opposite, opposite uh, Taiwan with tanks and vowed to fight to the death as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi touched down in self-ruled island for the high-level visit by U.S. officials in quarter century. Tanks linked the Fujian coast by Taiwan Strait in dramatic video shared on Chinese social network Weibo, and it appeared military equipment was being transferred to Xiamen. Chinese warplanes jetted along the Taiwan Strait. The setup for standoff unfolded as Pelosi landed in Taiwan's capital of Taipei on Tuesday, despite strong objections and warnings from Chinese government. Just wearing a pink suit and face mask. Oh, Pelosi stepped down a U.S. Air Force plane and waves surrounding the Taiwanese officials. Shortly after she touched down, Pelosi says that her visit honors America's unwavering commitment to support Taiwan's vibrant democracy. Our discussions with Taiwan leadership will focus on reaffirming our support for our partner and on promoting our shared interest, including advancing a free and open Indo-Pacific region, stated Pelosi. America, I guess Nancy Pelosi would be like, 
Princess Leia when she's older, <laughs> like before she dies. That's a character, right? Because she was ballsy to the point. Okay, so Nancy Pelosi is Princess Leia. Joe Biden's Yoda. Presidency is Darth Vader. And like Lousy Zhan and all of the other <laughs> Communist Party leaders would be like the admirals and the stormtroopers are the innocent people that we want to liberate from this horrible monstrosity of an empire. That did not strike back, by the way. Um, America's solidarity with the 23 million people of Taiwan is more important today than ever, Nancy says, as the world faces a choice, yes, between autocracy and democracy. Exactly. She's saying it all right. Pelosi landed a day after China released propaganda showing its soldiers primed to fight to the end. Fight to the end on your pantsuit. How dare you? Oh my God. It's literally the real housewives of the CCP. We are the PLA soldiers. We swear to defend the motherland to the death. Well, I wonder if we go in World War III, like full-on World War III, I think you will um, defect immediately and be so glad to live in you know, Nebraska and start a new life as Americans. So I don't think that's true, <laughs> PLA. I think you have to say that because if not, they'll kill your family, right? Because that's what they do and threaten the CCP leaders. But no, I don't really believe you, stormtroopers. I think, you know, if, if we had a war, you're going to be like, can I have in? <laughs> I heard it's so great over there. I hate this place. I hate my boss. He's such a jerk. Darth Vader. You know, yes, you're welcome to... Thanks, I'm out. Okay, and I think the PLA will fold like a house of cards. Okay, thanks, Z. That's how much loyalty you present. Just like, you know, Darth Vader, they all went out. Fear can only control so much. So, you know... Pelosi's stop in Taiwan was not part of her Asia trip itinerary, but was a point of discussion for weeks before she took a forum for the U.S. Well, she still visited several other countries. It wasn't an exclusive Taiwan trip. Anyway, well, so, you know. Proud of my Nance Nance. Oh, shoot. I can't believe I just deleted that. Wait a minute. No, I'm so lame. I have to do single issue. Single or I just delete too far. Come on. Okay, sorry. That was lame. I don't know if I can get it back. Is it that one? Yes, I found it. Oh my god, that is amazing. Because usually it just goes into this another world that I can't find. Move to the inbox. Saved. <sighs> I have a lot of good stories in here. That was scary. Okay. Why Pelosi's flight to Taiwan took a three-hour detour? That is interesting. Washington Examiner is like covering it. Ryan King. I'm going to skim. 
Through our detour where China has built up a military presence, her flight took a curve around Borneo and Philippines instead of taking the relatively direct path between Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and Taipei, Taiwan. Experts tracking U.S. Air Force plane believed to have transported Pelosi and her congressional delegation, told the Wall Street Journal. Our delegation to Taiwan honors American unwavering commitment. Unwavering. That's right, Democrats. Unwavering. That's right, far left. Unwavering commitment to support Taiwan's vibrant democracy. Because Democrats should support democracy. It's kind of in the word. Our discussions with Taiwan leadership reaffirm our support and partner and promote our shared interests, including advancing free and open Indo-Pacific region. The flight from Kuala Tempur to, sorry, I'm butchering this, to Taipei usually takes four hours, 15 minutes, but tracking of the plane believed to Pelosi um, took over seven hours, according to Pejanek. Well, maybe she was talking on the phone. At one point, they're going to taxi. 700,000 people were tracking the aircraft. Oh, I bet they were. (laughs) I kind of wanted to track it too. It was exciting. (laughs) Like, everyone's watching the dance. The U.S. military isn't sitting idly by, according to reports. The nuclear-powered carrier U.S. Ronald Reagan guided missile cruiser U.S. Antium destroyer U.S. Higgins and amphibious assault ship U.S.S. Tripoli were all deployed to the waters east of Taiwan just before Pelosi's visit. That's right. You don't threaten America and say, if you dare to come on a business trip, we're going to shoot down your planes. Like, I think not, President Z. I think not. Okay. How you like that? Okay, I'm not going to delete it. I almost did. Again. Oh, come on. 21 Chinese warplanes, including more than a dozen fighter aircraft, through, flew through China, Taiwan's air defense zone. Hey. Open, open. It's not moving. Come on. Don't do that. Now it freezes. Okay, got it now. 15 minutes. I got to hurry. Okay, whatever. 10 of China's newer J-16 fighter jets, among other fighter aircraft, 21 Chinese warplanes. Okay. This was a basically like, this was like the beginning of um, a display of power and they needed some sort of a reason. So Nancy's visit was concocted by China to create some sort of brouhaha so they can all display how much weapons they have, essentially is what I view this as. I think Z wanted to flush out his opposition and I think we also did too. And I think Nancy's uh, trip was the flashpoint for everybody to take assessment, which I don't think is a bad thing. Because we learned that we are way stronger. So, you know, you got to have this kind of fleshed out. But you can't threaten the U.S. But she's saying you're going to shoot down planes. Like, we, we, don't, we do not tolerate that. That's not something we go, <laughs> funny, jokesy, <laughs> good one, another crazy thing from the China guy. No, I'm, you don't say that. Intelligencer. Ross Bark and Nancy Pelosi's created global military crisis for no reason at all. No, she's not. That's strategic. Okay. 
There's nothing immediately tangible that Pelosi can accomplish to go to Taiwan with China's threatened invasion for some time. It's unclear how Pelosi's unsanctioned visit will make a Chinese invasion any less likely. No, but if it's a flesh out, then it, that helps. Anyway, so this author is basically saying, like, she's not doing anything. What's all this commotion? She's not really executing anything worthy of all this brouhaha. Why is this happening? I mean, so, I mean, he's, you know, it's ironic. It's called intelligencer. You need some intelligence. Um, (laughs) No offense, but, like, yeah, no, she's going to stand up to Z. Like, do we not get that? Of course she's going to stand up to Z. Yeah. What are the byproducts of her doing that? A heck of a lot of respect from a lot of the Republicans, for one. I think Mitch McConnell specifically, considering apparently he has a Taiwanese wife. Who knew? I had no idea. Maybe Taiwanese children, for all we know. I mean, it could have been anyone that went over there. It's Nancy Pelosi. I think the Republicans are kind of enamored at this moment, right? Does that not help people get bills passed of course i don't see any reason for why nancy is over there i mean (laughs) ross barkin open your eyes sometimes the reason's not always the stated reason sometimes the stated reason is the is the the scapegoat and you have to look deeper okay (laughs) this is an excellent flesh out for a military to analyze when we do not back down from a ridiculous, insane Chinese threat. Like, don't you dare go to that totally agreed upon democratic country, except we don't agree, or we will shoot your planes down that she says, no, I'm going. And my military are coming too to protect me since you're threatening me. And then where everybody can sit there and assess. It's like, it's kind of like sizing up your opponent before you actually go. I mean, do we just Ross not understand this? Someone get through to Ross levels Nancy Pelosi's Taiwan trip is a dangerous selfish legacy play she's going to give up the gavel and she wants to go down fighting with President C San Francisco Kate Alex Schultz (laughs) she's got this great like two hand gesture like her hands are open like cat paws it's just great (laughs) in her purple pantsuit Okay, for a perilous photo app, and she has her hands up like cats. I think it's cute. They're going to list all the... No one's visited since Newt Gingrich in 1997. Well, then it's long overdue. Okay, Alex, what else you got? 2022, China is alongside America, one of the most powerful countries on earth, making provocations for politicians. Pelosi carry far more weight. Good, it should carry weight. That's the point. Okay, release a furrier stream of warnings. Oh, I scold you with my warnings. Okay, 1979. Come on, what's new? Get to the point, Alex. 
his rationale. In the face of the Chinese Communist Party accelerating aggression, our congressional delegation visit should be seen as an unequivocal statement that America stands with Taiwan, our democratic partner, as it defends itself and freedom. Oh, that's what Pelosi's saying. Yeah. Okay. Of course, China is committing human rights violations. So nice you said it, Alex. You're like, you know, one of the first Democrats to actually admit it. Thank you. He acknowledges the genocide. Thank you. Yep. Why would this trip literally benefit anyone? Why does this have to happen? I don't understand why Nancy's over there. Okay. There's no scenario where Pelosi's trip advances the rights of the Uyghurs. No, but it shows all of us the incredible audacity of the CCP leader to say that he would shoot down our American fighter jets that are escorting Nancy to safety for a diplomatic meeting and a recognize that alone is important is the showmanship and the, and the symbolism. It's not about fixing the Uyghur problem at that meeting. No, of course not. So then to dismiss the value of her going, because it's not effectively reaching any goal that we know of right now, you know, yeah, it is. A, it is. It's saying to Z, you don't get to do this. And you know what? It's kind of like another, like, kick. I just realized this because <laughs> I'm in the San Francisco mode and I forget sometimes. It's a woman. <laughs> not only that, she's like 83. It's an 83-year-old woman. That's like taking up the challenge with the Z-Man and saying like, you will not tell me not to come there. I think that's actually badass. I mean, an 83-year-old probably grandmother who's like, you're saying what now? You're saying, I no, I'm going. Thanks. And my pink pantsuit. Thank you so much. Yeah, Alex, you know, just kind of try to look deeper. Work hard. Hard understand this was a weird one and I'm going to read it this is by the independent White House says we do not support Taiwan independence amid reports of Pelosi visit that's the first I've ever heard of that Andrew Feinberg Mr. Kirby added that the U.S. continues to oppose unilateral changes to the status quo from either side. We have said we do not support Taiwan independence. We have said that we expect cross-strait cross differences to be resolved by peaceful means, he said. That's not true. Put simply, there's no reason for Beijing to turn a political vis potential visit consistent longstanding U.S. policy in some sort of crisis or conflict. She, her delegation was Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea, Japan, and Taiwan. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't heard that at any 
time that we are not recognizing Taiwan's independence. It's been repetitively said by Biden. It's repetitively said by Nancy. So who's the one saying that it's that we're not? Because that's no one. That's called propaganda Dems. That's by you this time. Andrew Feinberg, you? The title? That we're not changing the overall policy doesn't mean that we infer that we don't support their independence. We absolutely support their independence. So I don't have any sourcing for why he's making up the story that we have said we do not support Taiwan independence. Who has said? Where? Where's your sourcing? Who has said that? No one. He just says that. Well, Andrew Feinberg, sorry. That's not convincing. Delete. Nope. Here's another more devious but intelligent cowardly move, the Hill. Biden and U.S. pundits must stop legitimizing Russian and Chinese threats. By Joseph Bosco. I'm reading it first. Biden and the West are predisposed to fear bad Chinese and Russian behavior and to make preemptive concessions to avoid it and save the despot's face. Some Western observers have fretted that U.S. and NATO aid to Ukraine should not humiliate Vladimir Putin. I can't go through all the history here, dude. Chinese trashing of the commitments made to Hong Kong, the UK, and international community, especially instructive for the Taiwan question. Since both entities promised political autonomy under the one country, two systems formula, Beijing now says that agreement is a historical document, no longer applies. Yeah, they decided no. They just decided one day. This is what we're dealing with. Not much longer. When we go to war, they'll be gone. But in terms of this, the government there. Um... Biden should inform Z that the same logic applies to the Shanghai communique. Time and events have passed. Certainly it's distorted that Beijing insists on. Well said. He, sh- he should quote Nixon, <laughs> using lionized in China, who usually lionized in China, who saw the reality of a new democratic independent Taiwan when he wrote 1994 of Taiwan and China. The separation is permanently politically, but they are in bed together economically. I am not a crook. Biden should reinforce the message as he edges toward explicit one China, one, ta- one Taiwan policy. That was decently thought out. 
Uh, we should take threats, though, legitimate. You know what? After 9-11, all bets are off. You know, you threaten our country like this with the, van- with the language, with the verbiage. There are consequences for that. And we're not going to comply. Especially if you threaten with actual military weapons. And they did. It was a big no-no on their part. So, you know, Dems, anytime you want to hold the, the guilty parties responsible, you know, please speak up. You're not a racist and you're not a xenophobic. You're a democratic person fighting for democracy. Okay. China plans to surround Taiwan with military drills after Pelosi lands. Great. What a welcome. What a nice welcome, Matt. For someone who claims to want to work with their country in peace. You're right. Peace under your rules at every moment that can change at any point. No thanks. Dictator. So let's talk about logistics in a minute. How the U.S. should or shouldn't. Okay, we're not going to get through that. There was a bomb threat at the airport. It's fine. There are protests in her hometown. Oh, by the way, San Francisco, we protest everything. I mean, we protest absolutely everything that they're protesting about this is like not a headline. Just saying. Um, China not ready for war with U.S. Kishori Mabubani. That's great. Of course, we know that, though. Our intel already knows that. It has done photos of tracking that. Satellites. I wish I could go on more. I only have three minutes left. Pelosi calls Taiwan one of the freest societies in the world. Yay. Senator Graham, Taiwan, Taiwan would be a nightmare for China if they invaded. Senator Lindsey Graham told Brian Clement show on Tuesday that invading Taiwan would be a challenge for China as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visits the island. We can't go into the details right now, but yeah. At least uh, most all, if not all, of the Republicans are on board, except for the handful of defectors that are working for the, the enemy. But there's not that many of you. <laughs> there are, and there's some that have defected on... The Democratic side. And who sourced that? Tom Cotton, Republican of Arkansas, who knows that certain ones have managed to infiltrate our government in high positions. Tom Cotton, source for Republican Arkansas, over his many talks over the last year. Could How could Taiwan defend itself against China? Well, they've definitely got the heart. Um, they've got the right, you know, diplomatic view for their country. To make invasion as difficult as possible, but I think they would definitely need our help and the world's. McConnell and 25 state Republicans issue rare statement of support for Pelosi. She visits Taiwan in defiance of China's threats. That's really great. See, better together. I don't know if I have time to read it. This thing's going to cut me off. Business Insider. What was the statement? We support the Speaker of the House, Representative Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. 
and all the players. Okay, I'll try to continue tomorrow.